Welcome to Know His Love Stories, where we listen to the voice of the Father through His children. Today's story comes to us from Nathan. He was born in Kansas and spent most of his life in Houston. He is a financial planner with his brother-in-law. He's married to the extraordinary Liv Harrison, and they have two children. This is a Know His Love Story. Does, does anybody ever actually feel like worthy of God's love? You know, like, you know, it's, uh, for me, uh, I feel like that's an ongoing all the time, but like periods where I felt like an intense feeling of unworthiness or even like maybe, you know, I've never really doubted God's love. I've doubted why he would take the time to love me, if that makes sense. Um, and, um, you know, despite what my wife often posts on Facebook, I am not the saint that she claims I am, you know, and I make a lot of mistakes all the time, but they're, they're very early on in my life. I kind of got um, wrapped up into some very sinful behaviors that followed me into my marriage, you know, and um, uh, I can remember very distinctly, you know, Olivia and I were, um, I mean, high school sweethearts. We'd done all the marriage prep and everything. And here we were, I guess it was just a few, uh, probably like three years after the birth of our, our son. Um, and she was questioning if, if she even knew who I was because the, the sin had become so wrapped in that. And I think for people, um, you know, we make these cute references like the hands and feet of Christ, you know, or me or you, but like, I think also a lot of times we manifest God into people. I, I still am a human. So don't, don't hold me up to like, I'm not God. I didn't like, don't, don't blame God for me. Right. You know? And so I remember when, when, when Olivia, um, we had gotten to a point where we were, it was one of the rockiest parts of our marriage. And I remember grabbing a rosary and going to an adoration chapel and literally laying before the Eucharist bawling just saying, I'm so sorry. What can I do? You know, I know I don't deserve to be coming to you. I've been, you know, you know, having that kind of like, uh, just absolute moment of true repentance. And if, of course I've done a lot of bad things since then. Right. You know, kind of already broke all those rules. I told God, I'm going to do this if you just do, you know, but what I found so compelling about, about that moment is I find when I'm the most unworthy is when I'm the most called to God. You know, and it's almost like, you know, how do, how do you go to an all-powerful being, right, and say, hey, I mean, I know you're probably busy right now in Afghanistan, but, like, I messed up a lot, and I need you to forgive me, you know, and have the audacity to believe that, number one, he cares, right? I mean, that's, that to me is, like, the boldest sign of humility is to say, you know, hey, God, I'm here. I know I'm not worthy, right? And I think in that unworthiness, a lot of times it brings me to a true appreciation of what the, what the word humility is rather than human. And I think that's what the, the juxtaposition between sin and saving is sin is humiliation and saving is humility, Right. And so I find that to be just a huge impact for me personally. So, I mean, I could talk forever about 
about a lot of things, but you know, that's kind of generally where I was in those moments. I, I do feel unworthy pretty often, but when I really make giant mistakes, I'm like, are you sure it's unconditional God? You're positive. Like, let me trust, let me, let me test you out. And then I go read like things like Jonah and I'm like, well, you know, he did bring Jonah back and he, David wasn't, it was, seems worse than me. So, you know, we're going <laughs> to, so that's why I love the old Testament. Those guys were the worst, you know? So <laughs> within the last few years, I had a moment where, you know, we always talk about the only person quote unquote that we can depend on as God. Right. And, um, while I'm sure my parents tried their best and had conducted, you know, tried to provide unconditional love, I would tell you that I think all human beings struggle with the concept of truly unconditional love and, and also feeling conditioned love from others, right? Um, and so there was a time in the last few years that I truly felt completely alone. Um, and literally the only thing that helped me feel love was knowing that God has been there. Right. And he, and so it was becoming very personal, like God, tell me I'm not crazy. God, tell me that, you know, these people that are saying these things or these actions that are going on, these are not, this isn't who this person is, or this isn't what the situation is. And when you feel you know, I think the absence of God is that hope being gone, right? And so we talk about that, you know, again, it's really cute, faith, hope, and love. But like, when you have no hope, you, I don't think we really, we, we really don't get that, right? And I feel like that's where God always came back to me to say, you know, I love you. I accept you exactly where you're at. Um, the, the people that are letting you down are going to kind of come back. You just have to have hope. You've got to give me time with them too. And I'm going to love you until they're ready to love you the appropriate and correct way. Right. And so I think, I think for me, those circumstances are, I struggle a lot with feeling certain things and then recognizing, but that's not okay. Like for example, um, and in these moments when I didn't feel loved, I was like, logically, I know that, that our relationship with God is there, but right now I don't feel anything from anybody here on earth to, to give me that. And you, you know, as if, if someone listens to that, they're like, well, I had no idea. Or if you just told me, you know, that's what doesn't make sense about, about us as humans. We know the logic hey, call Father Matthew up and say, Father Matthew, I just feel so isolated and so alone. Nobody loves me. And you'll be like, no, 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 Nathan, I, I love you. If no one else says, I listen, you know, wh whatever it might be, but we don't do that, right? And so people, we often force that, force that condition onto others. And we don't even make them aware that we have told them and they have told us without even having a conversation that you don't like me. I'm not worthy of your presence. And everything that you've done wrong to me, I deserve, right? And so for me in those circumstances, I was able to go back to God. In particular, um, I mean, I know a lot of people like the divine mercy image because, you know, it's this whole concept of mercy. For me, it's the Jesus, I trust in you. And when I get to that moment, it's like, 
God, I want to do some pretty horrible stuff to these people who have hurt me, right? I know that's wrong. So I'm going to trust in you, but man, is it hard. And, you know, and, and I, I constantly reflect back in that particular, in that particular circumstance where the reason that I, I say that relationship was personal was I didn't hear anything or feel anything, but like, I, like I could sense like, you know, Nathan, I, what you want to do is completely humanly reasonable. I know you hear those things about the kingdom is greater and, and, and the afterlife is better. And I said, but I need you to hear me. I'm judging you not on what those people have done, but what you have done. So please, as painful as this is, we're going to get there. And when we get there, you're going to be so happy you didn't make all these bad choices. And I personally can vouch for you that I've gone through every bit of pain you've ever gone through, magnified by trillions. So please just trust in me, right? So I think that ultimately is where I find like that, I don't know, not like tangible, like feeling of like a personal, like, like almost like the Eucharist, but like, you're, obviously I'm not consuming the Eucharist in that moment, but like, you really feel like, okay, this is real. Like, this is like a, a true relationship, not like just something that we kind of talk about, you know? So I don't know if that answers the question, but that to me is kind of where I, f- I found that personal piece is it, again, it's usually in your darkest moments that I feel that God, <laughs> you know, he, I, I think of it like as a parent of a young child, you know, you watch the kid tottering along the swimming pool, but you don't want to be like too overprotective, but you're always within an arm's reach. And literally until the moment that they're about to face plant into the water, you don't reach out and grab them, you know, but then you're like, Oh, you're there the whole time. You know, I think that's a lot of what God does. He's like, okay, let's see if this, let's see if I need to intervene. Let's see if I need to intervene. Nope. I'm good. He he made it this time or Nope. Okay. We got to go in, you know? So to me, being the beloved son of God is to be an authentic man. And to be the in my best and truest form, what God designed as a man, because there are so many sons that are loved, but the word beloved means a little something extra. And to me, I think the reason that Jesus called, you know, some of his disciples his beloved was because they were special. And I think they were special because of their devotion. And to me, specifically in that gender specific title of beloved son i believe that my job is to show that there are good men in this world that not every man that you encounter is bad or a misogynist or a manipulator and there are so many sons that do not live up to that title i really struggle with emotion um i do not usually um quote unquote, feel like a lot of normal people, but like, like right now, you know, like I have this feeling of like almost tears, like, you know, as I'm talking about God and like my relationship with him, or like, you know, if you ever give it, I'm sure this has happened to you before, but like the goosebumps you get when you're giving something or, you know, you're proclaiming the truth, like that gift of like, I'm right there with you. You are spot on. Like to me, that's the favorite gift, right? Like, I mean, I'd love to say it was, you know, an amazing wife, which I have. I'd love to say it's my children, which I have, but like selfishly, it's that like individual silent, like, as we talk about with Moses, like that whisper, 
of emotion that like is so hard for me to get and feel and understand. But when I, when I feel that I'm like, as I've gotten older, I've recognized that really is a gift because it is something that is so hard for me to connect to normally. Um, and so when I do get to experience that, I'm really thankful that God has given me what I would call a renewed heart that's open rather than that heart of stone that I've created because it's a lot easier to get through your life without thinking or feeling those emotions. God loves you so much. He's put good in this world for you to encounter. And he loves you so much. He's given you gifts that the world needs to encounter. And if you don't accept and understand and feel that love from God, it's okay. Um, it's natural to feel that way, but it's not the truth. And the truth is not always easy to accept. And I would call you if you're doubting or you're struggling or you're in that unbelief to recognize that, that God is not, there's not a test with a score. God is looking for an A in effort, not an A in perfection. And um, you do you do provide that effort, and I see it. And don't ever let go of that, even in your darkest moments. Thank you for listening to Nathan's story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the Join Us link at knowhis.love.